Uh, welcome back to the Leafs and Seven podcast uh, with Mike, Camille, Brandon. If you Hello. notice, we got a brand new overlay. Uh, it's awesome. And you guys would have seen it a couple of weeks ago, but I screwed up the recording and we basically ah. recorded uh, like 40 minutes of footage and it was useless. So no, I believe it was over an hour. Okay, well, we don't need to, you know, touch base on the details there, Brandon. But no, uh, really unfortunate. Got the overlay up. We actually have a intro finished. We just need to implement it. So we're kind of getting everything officially started for the season. Super pumped up. Training camp is just a couple of weeks away. Development camp for the Leafs has already started. Um, and yeah, we're excited to get going. We got a bunch of things to talk about today. Um, we- one of the, one of the things I'm most excited for. And I, I can't wait to talk to you about these guys. Is the Olympics? I'm so friggin' stoked that they're back. Yes, finally. Uh, How long has it been? Uh, since it's been long. so since 20, 2018. Because no, yeah, I thought it's been longer than that. No, twenty fourteen. We actually longer. Yeah, twenty fourteen. We actually went to uh, like the NHL went to um, Sochi, and then, oh, that's right. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, it just it just felt so long. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, so, so excited to be back here, guys. Um, want to start off with something kind of light before we get into anything, though. Um, so growing up, have you ever watched any like European leagues and like professional hockey? What do you, what do you take away from their jerseys? They're full of ads, right? I, I don't know if you guys saw, uh, but just a light, light thing here. Ads are actually coming back. Uh, well, they're coming to the NHL at least for the for the first time in next year, next season. So not this season coming, but next season, it is confirmed that ads will be on jerseys. What are your thoughts? What do you what do you what do you guys think? I think it's dangerous, but it it all depends. Like you said, as long as it's not like the bloody, uh, what I don't remember the soccer league, but like they have the friggin' ad on the front of the jersey. It's bigger than their logos, right? Yeah. As long as it's not like that, like. The, you take the helmet ads from last year, for instance. That wasn't a big deal at all, yeah. right? It's Scotia back on the side. Who cares? If it's like, you know, like when you get the jerseys and you have like the freaking Reebok there or whatever, if that's where the ad goes, I'm cool with it. Sure. It's when they, if they start putting it on like the shoulders where logos are supposed to go or they're on the chest or like underneath where your, um, your name is and it's big. Like, no, I don't want to buy a jersey that says um, like – like Air Canada or some shit like that. Like, do you? No. That's where I think you're right. It gets dangerous. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, like, I honestly don't care about the ads, but if I was to buy a jersey, if there's an ad the size of a logo, I'm not buying it. It's plain and simple. But if, the honestly, ads they're, are playing, nice. yeah. if they're nice and small, it's good. But if they're playing, honestly, I don't give a shit because I'm just here to watch the hockey, not look at the jerseys. I know what they look like. I've been watching them lose for many years. So, yeah. But it's like you like to see like the Leafs have a nice jersey. I, yeah. I like the Leafs jersey. I like the Leafs logo. I don't want to cheer for the Scotiabank Leafs. I want to cheer for the Toronto Maple Leafs. All right. So again, if it's like a small little square on the friggin' side, yeah, yeah, you know, one on maybe on the forearm or something. Sure, like whatever. You got to make some extra money. Uh, they lost a lot of money the last uh, year because of COVID. I understand. You got to make some extra money, and a lot of a lot of leagues do it. But there's a line. Yeah. And they don't pass that line or else I like I wouldn't buy a jersey like that, would you? I mean I would just buy old jerseys. I'm all for it if it's st- like especially again, all hockey teams are like obviously um important, but like for the original six, you can't taint those logos, right? That's super important to the sport. Um 
And if this raises the salary cap, because heavens knows we need it, I'm all for it. By all means. Yeah. By all means. Do it. Get it going. Again, plaster the jerseys. Nah, screw it, guys. Plaster the jerseys. Keep the logo safe. Plaster <laughs> the jerseys. Get the salary cap up there. Get that cap up. <laughs> yeah. Some teams, uh, some owners won't even spend, even if the cap goes up, the lease will. So let's let's do that. But uh, yeah, so okay, you guys brought something up before the show here, uh, and I didn't look into it at all. So you guys are gonna have to talk to me about it. First time hearing about it, mixed feelings. PK Subban, Boston, Toronto rumors. What what is going on with that? Well, yeah, like uh, I've seen like a couple things, but I think I was most recently I saw on Sports Illustrated and they were talking about it how their one writer from multiple NHL sources claiming that the Bruins were looked into it a couple times about how much it would be the boom and then their words for the Leafs were more than lukewarm interest. That was um, from Jimmy Murphy. Yeah, that's right. the Toronto Maple Leafs have more than a lukewarm interest in Subban. More than I hope not. I hope not. What's his what's well, his what's his can someone pull up his salary cap please while we're talking nine about nine million dollars. The hit yeah. nine million cap hit. So no that's the biggest problem with getting him is if you're unable to get him you're gonna have to pay a lot of money and how old is he? Yeah I mean or they'll have oh. to retain a lot because they have a lot of salary. He's 32. He's 32. No, no worries. It, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? In the last gonna... year of his deal. It yeah. is the last year. Yeah. So, Great. But the thing is... They retain half. They retain over half. That's what happens. Yeah. That's still I, I, four and a half for him, though. He's still... He's he's on, like, the tailspin of his career at this point. He hasn't been playing well at all the last while. I mean, to be fair, he's... Four and a half, though. Yeah. Four and a half. It can be a four, four and a half. I think so. For, for, I think I think so with the LTIR potentially some move arounds like that. I also, as I've said before a thousand times, it's still going to happen. Either Kerfoot or Engvall are getting moved. Engvall would be lesser cap restrictions. Eng- or Kerfoot would be a much bigger one. Um, this guy cannot play third line center in this season. I don't think it makes any sense that the dollar value he's been given on this particular team. So, yeah, um, I. Who knows? Who knows? Or who knows what the salary retention would be like? I have no idea. But if they do do a large salary retention, what are you giving up for that? It's probably a pick. Yeah. And I doubt it happens. Do, do we have picks? Like really? Like that know. is like uh, give me two seconds. I will pull that up. I was just thinking with the comp, that does make sense. Um, if you play comp over a Kerfoot, you're saving at like two mil. You're saving like two mil a year. If you play comp over Kerfoot, get rid of Kerfoot. So, like, makes like, sense. Like, comp's not going to get you points, but he is the shutdown guy. <laughs> Someone we haven't yeah, had. But... We haven't had in years. Years. Right. Have... So, Camille. Yeah. We don't. We we have some picks. Like we have we have a first and a second rounder next year. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, that's about that's it though. We have a conditional <laughs> seventh as well. Trade them all. Tell Matthews and Marner, yeah, no, twenty nine no, years no. old. Get get going. Just. Just keep trading them away. No, seriously though, um, I that rumor to me sounds a little whack. Just hearing about it, just because of the salary cap situation. Like, imagine what the re- retainment would have to be on that salary, right, for that deal to go through. Um, to me, I, it sounds like hometown guy, and there's nothing going on in the hockey world right now. So yeah. throw it out into the world. Yeah, um, I hope. I, I I like Subban. He's Subban is a funny ass guy. I'm not sure if you guys remember him uh, doing the Don Cherry thing when he he dressed up as don cherry and did the impersonation a couple years back he's funny he's funny yeah he's a great funny guy i bet he's amazing in the locker room good community guy yeah Yeah, but like uh we're already in a cap we're in cap trouble as it is i can't i can't see us giving him four and a half well alone if they if they retain less than 50 yeah i don't don't think it's realistic but it's just a due diligence thing man 
Yeah, LTIR. I gotta, I gotta at least poke and see what what it is. But you yeah. say LTR, but we've or, but we're already at zero cap space, so we and we're already using LTIR. Like, someone's gonna <laughs> go. Someone, on LTR? Someone's gonna get conveniently injured, and then we're gonna go over the cap like Tampa Bay did for playoffs, and we're good. <laughs> that's the plan. That's the that's the goal. That's what I'd be doing. It's- that's a winning plan right there. Yeah, that's right. Stanley Cup so, so what, injure, injure Nylander because he's the only one who uh, does well in the playoffs? That's not true. He's only done the one who did well last playoffs. But yeah. Before, I mean, awful before. I mean, awful before. Yeah. That. He was awful before but, that. Yeah, that's fair. But he was pretty damn good this year. Yes. Hopefully that consistency, consistency continues because if it doesn't and he's all of a sudden doesn't show up either, then we're in even yeah, worse. Yeah, they were boned. Um, big thing here. Um, obviously it's been, I think for the most part, all formally said and done that the NHL will be participating in the Beijing Olympics. Um, there is a leaf angle to this, um, probably two leaf angles to this Canadian team. Um, just based on some of the TSN, um, insiders, you know, making predictions and things like that. Obviously we've got Mitch Marner, uh, as much as you can talk about the contracts and the money, he's going to make that team. Uh, he's, he's too good. Yeah. He's too good not to. And then the other one, which uh, Mike and I were actually discussing a couple of days ago, Morgan Riley didn't have the greatest season last year, but I still think based on the defensemen that are out there, he's he's got a good shot at making it. Um, there was like, I'm not sure if you guys have been looking around, but what do you think? Do you think Morgan Riley would make it? Have you looked at any p- potential uh, list, Brandon? Uh, yes, and before I continue, you did miss one major player that most likely will make an Olympic roster. We're talking Canada. Oh, talking Team yeah. Canada. I was only I Team know, Canada. Just, only. Um, he just said Olympics. I'm like, um, there's a least player. We know it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we don't. We don't need to say anything about Matthews. Do you guys have any idea how hype that it's gonna be if Canada actually gets a chance to play the U.S. again? Like, so before it used to be, like, it was never like a, a great head. Like we had Crosby as like a sentiment, and then it would be against like. We had they had Joe Pavelski in prior years. They had um, I forget the other sentiment that they had, but it was never like really. They had Patrick Kane when he was in his prime and things like that in Sochi. It was really great, but Matthews versus McDavid, like, oh man, that is what that is. Oh, give it to me. Yeah, just, just please give it, please, like, please. Oh, but yeah, no. Yeah, go ahead. Do you remember when? Remember when the story was always uh, Line A versus Matthews? Yeah, what a <laughs> how'd that turn out for uh, all involved? <laughs> It goes back. Uh, to, it goes back to the 2016 NHL uh, awards when uh, Babcock, you know, you know, Matthews was there and he got the Calder. And uh, when they called Matthews' name, like Patrick Line, they just zoomed out on him and he rolled his eyes. I was dying. I thought that was so funny. But seriously, guys, we're gonna have some let's good. Let's go back to more to Morgan Riley. I took you off topic. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, it's good. I think he's gonna make it based on the. Names that are being thrown out there for Team Canada, like projections. Well, I mean, I I don't see him making it. I do. Why not? Tell me who you'd have Is ahead it? of him. Uh, Shea Theodore. Yep. Yeah, Petrangelo. Yeah. Yep. Um, Ham- Dougie Hamilton. Kale McCarr. Yeah, Kale McCarr. Yeah, yeah. Thomas Shabbat. Um, Burns. Yeah, I think he's. Uh. Is Perrieco Canadian? Who? Colton Perrieco? No. Colton Perrieco. Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. He is. Yeah. Yeah. I see all those guys going above Morgan Riley. I don't know about all of them. I just, I don't know. Because it is like another year away, too. And 
Maybe not all of them, but I listed yeah. more than. It's only, yeah, it's only February, Mike. Cool. It's coming fast, I, man. It's I, know, coming I, fast. I just think uh, Riley because he's got the offensive potential. Yeah, some of those guys potential. Do. I, but he's but terrible he's defensively. Yeah, but in the Olympics, I, it's I, a high-scoring I, thing. Like, big, true. You know, I, let's compete up with these high-scoring teams. I don't. I don't. I, I, don't I, I would like to see things. how he. It all depends how he plays this year. Last year could have just been a fluke, and I hope that's the case. Especially because it's a contractor, so he's going to be playing even harder. I think so we'll I think, see how he looks this year. I think he's actually going to be. I, well, I don't know. Like, I, maybe maybe I may disagree with Mike a little bit. Like, like there's teams where Canada will absolutely floor. Like, that's just going to happen. Bigger ice though can sometimes be lower scoring affairs. But like, you need offense on that bigger ice. You need people who can move the puck up, and like that's that's so important. So like, I would put Shea Theodore, Petrangelo, Shabbat, Kale McCarr, and then one of Morgan Riley, Dougie Hamilton, Aaron Ekblad on the the that last pair there um but uh yeah and maybe bowen byron drew doughty get looks i don't know but uh I, i'm so excited and also one more thing another leaf we didn't think about that could make team canada on the fourth line as a forward what about john tavares think he could yeah as the, one uh, of the extra guys he has a shot i think okay yeah. i could see him make, i could see him making a lower lower line that'd be good that's some great representation guys oh I oh give me the Olympics now. By the way, if you guys are wondering and listening, well, when can I tune into these games? You can actually go on to Olympics.com. All the times are already there for all the games, which is crazy. They're super prepared about this. Um, I actually wrote out a list um, with Mike a couple of days ago, and it is a 12-hour difference. You will have to be awake um, at 3 a.m. for some games. Uh, if I'll probably be taking off work for some of those games because I'm going to be super pumped. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I, I can't wait, guys. I can't freaking wait. You, I just pulled up a list of project, a projected uh, um, team for Team Canada. Yep. Holy hell. Do you want to hear this prediction? Sure. Okay, top line. Braden Point, McDavid, McKinnon. Dear yep. God. Uh, Bergeron, Crosby, Marchand. Huberto, Shifley, Mark Stone. Bottom line is Barzell, O'Reilly, and Marner. Yes. Wait, did you say McKinnon at all? McKinnon, McKinnon. Yeah. Yeah. Top line. Guessing? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Didn't hear for a second. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait a minute. Let's chill. Okay, that makes sense. And then uh, spares are <laughs> Sean Couturier and Tavares. So, like, that's incredible. That disgusting. So we we all know Chris Johnson. Uh, I know we keep going over these lineups here, but this one's most interesting to me because it was just a couple of days ago. Chris Johnson's a great reporter. I I like Sportsnet. Um, looking at his his predictions here, listen to this line: Nathan McKinnon left wing, Connor McDavid center, Mitch Marner on the right hand side. Like that, that to me is just so. Oh, like that's so. Na- I don't. That's nasty. I don't. There's no top line. There's not. There's not one forward group that can compare to Team Canada's forwards. Maybe the defense you know, could be a little bit I- weaker, but. That's a great line for Marner too, because he doesn't have to worry about being hit. Because they're gonna be like they're freaking Connor McDavid. Every like put four guys on Connor McDavid. Bigger ice too. <laughs> like, bigger ice too. Harder to hit yeah, as well. Like, bigger, it's just, yeah. And guys yeah, like McDavid when he gets space, that's trouble. Yeah, I have to, I think um, that's good. For, I, I think bigger is ice is really good for Marner. I think like bigger space, yeah. like he's gonna all those young speedsters, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, Can we just take a moment and just think about how good Connor McDavid is? Just. I would just love him to. I just want to see him on a good team. I want to see him make it past the first round. I want to see that kind of player win. I know he's not on my team, but like, man, it's a it's a travesty not to see him pass the first round. Yeah, 
well, second, I guess, but like, I want to see him pass that every year. Like, he should be the top every year. So unfair. You know, you know how, uh, this is kind of changing topic a little bit, guys. This is kind of about how the NHL handles and players and teams handle injuries. So when Austin Matthews announced that he was having a wrist surgery because obviously he tried all the conservative methods throughout the summer and it didn't work, that he opted for surgery and he still has plenty of time to get back for training camp, which is great. Crosby just had the same thing. He, But he just did it now. So he's out for six weeks now, which is like oh. now you're missing – I don't know. You're, you're missing the start of the season, aren't you, basically? You're missing at least the first week, which isn't bad. But I, I'm almost curious, like – I've always wondered this, like, how do you, when do you get to that point, you know, like, you, you give it, like, three months, four months, because I, if, if we had Austin Matthews missing, even for a week, I'd be terrified, um, so, yeah, I don't know, what do you guys think about that, do you th and also, how do you guys think, do you guys think Crosby's still a for sure lock for a, the Canadian Olympic team as well, with, with saying that, I would say so. But. No, I think he's a lock, I don't think, Pitts, but Pittsburgh itself, I don't think they're worried, I don't think Pittsburgh's a massive cup contender anymore. Like, I think they're locked for playoffs, but I don't think they're a top cup contender anymore. So maybe they're just kind of like, let do your own thing. I don't know. They should be They should be rebuilding. Well, they just need to get into playoffs, ideally, is what they're thinking, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. It's a couple of weeks of them, whatever. It happens. Mm -hmm. We're still fine as long as like more teams I mean, make it than don't. So. Exactly. Um, one of the things I wanted to touch on lightly, because we didn't have a chance to record our podcast, was the, very briefly, because it's older news, but... The Kakinami offer sheet. Um, yeah. We didn't really get a chance to talk about that. So basically, for those of you who aren't aware, um, the Carolina Hurricanes did poach um, Kakinami um, for, and then choosing to take Carolina's, or they didn't match, uh, Montreal didn't match it. So they basically chose to take Carolina's first and third round uh, 2022 mm -hmm. draft picks. Um, what do you guys think about that move? Do you think it's the right move for Montreal not to match that? Just curious. I mean, would you call Carolina a bunch of jerks? Huh. Uh, is that from Don Cherry? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. Like, I, I I think the offer sheet's there. You should use it. I, I don't like a lot of people have a lot of stigma about that. General managers are like, oh, we don't want to, you know, rattle the cage because this could be a potential. Boring. Yeah, just do it. Like, it's there. I would use it all the time if I if I could. Glad one went through. Sorry. Yeah. This guy you want, go for him. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so maybe you tarnish your relationship with that specific team. Okay, there's 29 other teams that you can deal with. Take the risk. 31. Or 30, yeah, sorry, 30 other teams that you can deal with. Yeah, that's right. Um, I'd do it. I, I, what did he, he sign? Glad they did it. They, they, they signed up for 6.1, and it's just for the year. And then obviously next year it's going to be cheaper. They sign up for 6.1 for one year, and then next year they might give them like a kind of a – like a Nazem Kadri deal where he's making like four and a half or six, seven, eight years. Yeah. It all depends on how he pretty, plays. It depends on how he yeah. plays. Right. But everyone's focusing on the 6.1, but it's 6.1 for this year. After that, it's going down unless he's like a friggin' stud. But like, I don't know. Like this guy got, again, we're not, obviously he's not all about points. Like he's, but he's the third overall pick. This guy has 62 points in his NHL career in 171 games. Like I'm, I'm not saying he's bad. No, 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 but like 62 points in 171 games, like, I don't know how I'd ever be paying him $6 million. I, I don't know. Again, that's why he, he's getting paid $6 million this year, and then it's going down. And then next year, like, oh, $6.1 million. Ooh. But then it's like, well, actually, we're getting him for 
4.2 for eight years. Yeah. That's not bad. That's not bad. That's, that's yeah, one thing I hear about early draft picks too. Like maybe it's a stigma now or like they, they still think there's going to be something there. He was an early pick. Could be still something there. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's what they're thinking is obviously, but I hate that mentality to be honest, but it's how people think. Yeah, no, that's so true. Um, one of the things I saw rumored, by the way, not too long ago, it was on TSN. There's, I don't know about the validity of this, but is there any truth to a Hamilton, Ontario, Toronto, Buffalo outdoor game? Yeah, there is. If there is, I'm going to that because yeah. it's so close. Oh, 100%. Got to go to it. Um, Train my bank account. Yeah. Don't tell my fiance. Yeah, that's right. No, super excited. I, I don't know. Would you guys... Uh, how much do you think tickets would go for that? I don't know. I oh, that'd be so sweet if we could do that. I'd be so excited. I, oh man. I mean, probably probably like three hundred bucks. Yeah, it's not gonna be cheap. for like for like the cheapest tickets. Probably like two three hundred bucks. Nah, that's Hamilton. Nobody wants to go to Hamilton. But uh, exactly, that's why you pay three hundred bucks for nosebleeds at at in Toronto. Mm. You're gonna pay three hundred big outdoor game because Hamilton they don't care as much. Actually, not a lot. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of Toronto. Toronto. So. There's a lot of Toronto fans. It's going to go insane. They're going to sell out immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Especially after you're in no hockey. Everyone's going to be eager. Yeah. What are your thoughts, guys, as we approach training camp? Like, I'm just curious. Is, is there anything you're looking out for? Because, you know, it's coming up soon. For me, I've got a couple of standouts in mind. Um, I actually really want to see how Robertson performs in training camp. Um, did he get bigger? It's, it seems like he got bigger, um, okay. which is important especially for him. He was a little bit smaller. Um, and, and there's certain players that can get away with that, right? Like elite talent who are small, great skaters who can avoid hits, but like it's not all but players. Based can... on his game. Yeah. Based on his game. Yeah. yeah. Not all players can do that. Like I, I I felt the same thing about Lilgren. I'm, I've heard good things about him uh, when he's been playing in the minors and stuff. I just want him because when he had a brief stint with the Leafs, I didn't like how he played. He, he didn't have the size to play the style game he was playing. So I'm, I'm hoping he put on some size, and from what I've heard on, from what I've heard, he's done a lot better. He's made a lot of improvements, and he's put on a bit of weight too. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to see him play. Yeah, me too. Um, but really, I think as we've said on this show before, I'm really excited to see the bargain bin performance. Like, can one of these guys take it and run with it? You know, because you've got a few options there now, and I think there's a good chance. But I'm not going to say like 70 percent or 80 percent, but I think there's like a, a good solid like. 50 or 60% chance that one of these guys that we got at discounted rates, whether, you know, um, one of the guys who can maybe stick with the top line end up playing really well. And we get, we get really lucky on one, one guy. I'm not saying he's going to be a 40 goal scorer, but I think uh, that's what I'm excited for. That's who I'm going to be looking at is like these, these discount players and how they're going to fit into the lineup with all these elite talent. It's it's, it's exciting. It's exciting. I'm pumped for the two of you. Out of all the bargain bin guys that we have, like all the guys under a million dollars or even a little bit over, that we've talked about over this offseason, who are you most excited to look at? Um, Honestly, I'm really – I, I want to say this first. I want to say that I'm really happy that we have Mrazek in goal with – um with uh, Campbell. Campbell. Um, I, I really like that stability. I like the thought of uh, – if Campbell runs with it, he runs with it. If not, I'm glad we have someone who's you know, still a good – a solid backup. Um, or a sec- second A. Um, I don't care if price, whatever. I, I'm because I, I know Campbell had it's injury. It's his own thing, man. It, hey, Campbell had injury issues. If that guy was down and we had to rely yeah. on someone else, yeah. I'd be terrified. So I'm fine yeah. with it. Oh, 100. I agree. Um, but yeah, no, who I'm excited for the most is probably 
as I've said a thousand times, probably Michael Bunting, just because I've watched a lot of his highlights from Phoenix, and I, I like how he goes to the net. He, he reminds me of JVR a lot in that way. He gets these deflections. He's got a great wrist shot, and he's, he, you know, this guy is not bad. He's His shooting percentage last year was insanely high, so I don't expect that to keep up. Um, but definitely, I'm definitely looking out for him. Um, and I think the other bargain bin discounts that we have are what? It's... Uh, it's Andre Cassay, and then there's also Curtis Gabriel, who's more like a fourth line tough guy. And then there's also um, there's Comp as well. Kampf. David Comp. I like Comp. Like Comp. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I don't know. Also man. excited about Nick, Nick Ritchie. I know he's not as not bargain bin, but I'm I'm kind of excited to see him yeah. play on the Leafs. I literally just forgot about Nick Ritchie. How did I forget about Nick Ritchie? Yeah, I know. <laughs> what what is happening? Okay, if yeah. You're talking about bargain bin guys, man. It's it, a lot of weird stuffs happened this off season. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, Nick Ritchie. Yeah, let's go. Like I like I think this is still gonna be a fun season. I think I think honestly for me, this is a more fun season than last season. Just because and I'm saying this I'm saying this with certainty, by the way. I want everyone to come flame me. I'll give you my address, you can egg the house. The team, the management will not be back if the season this team fails again. But I, I felt like last year, even if they failed, they'd still have another shot. So this year I don't feel like that's that's a thing anymore. So it's really do or die, and I think that's that's exciting to live in, you know. Like I like as twisted as it is, I like when people are in do or die moments, and I like seeing, you know, there's there's a quote that like basically like the the one thing that people like to uh, see succeed, like a hero succeed. What they want to see more than a hero succeed is to see a villain. Uh, oh wait, maybe I messed up the quote. You guys know what I'm talking about. It's I, like I yeah. know what you mean. Like it's better to see him fail and then succeed than to just succeed without any. Yeah, you know, right. Well, that's I fine, get it. But yeah, yeah. But point uh, but is, I, I get the gist of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So Kyle, um, Brendan, it's all on them, and I'm just so. I mean, it's on the players too. But I'm still so pumped. You know, I've said this a couple times on the show, but uh, we said that last year, and that's why that that least bio is called Leafs All or Nothing because that's what we said last year. As much as everyone's like, oh, this is the year. I'm like, we said it last year. I'm not fucking. Show, like, show me. Don't just tell me. Show me. Do something. Well, right? Yeah. I don't want to be next fucking July and be like, oh, shucks, guys. Out of the first round again. Well, this is the year. This is their last shot. And then we say it for the next three years. And then we get to the, oh, well. Matthew's just uh, left. Matthew's got signed somewhere else because his contract ran up. One step at a time, I, my friend. One step at a time. But I yeah. know. I'm just. I. I'm sick of hearing this is the last chance for the Leafs. This is all or nothing. I'm sick of hearing it. Difference. That's not. But the difference is, is that that was. This is the. That was the easiest path last year potentially for them to go somewhere. I never thought management, at least, for me, I never thought management would be fired if they screwed up again. I didn't think so. I never had that feeling. However, just based on the uh, almost like the vibe of Kyle Dubas himself, like it seems like that guy knows. Like I'm not sure if there's been internal talk. I'm not sure. I have no idea what that looks like. But that guy knows. It's for for him oh, at yeah. least. It's it's this is it. So yeah, yeah, they know. They know. I'm again. I'm excited to watch that that least bio because apparently there's a lot behind the scenes of him yelling at people and being oh. pissed off, and that that's cathartic to me. I need I need to see him. I need to see. That he cares, because all I see is, like, oh yeah, like uh, our guys, our guys work really hard this year. We're gonna work hard next year. It's like, no, I want to see him pissed off that they fucked up a one foot putt from the green. Like they're on the green, 
they see the hole and it's like what like this far away and they fuck it up and he's like i'm not mad like these are my boys like they'll do it no i want to see him angry i just need to see some emotion from this team Towards... because i've given them so much of my emotions yeah yeah that's right Ugh. um i need something i think that's just kind of like sometimes there's like the the impression that oh you're calm you don't care but like i think kyle his demeanor has always been very level-headed and calm and I've seen him be That's emotional fair. in the stands, but like it's just how he is. Like he's pretty analytical, right? So, <laughs> as I picture that picture with him and all the geometry and all the math equations, going on <laughs> yeah, that. that's a great one. I love that one. But uh, yeah, okay. um, uh, going back, circling back a little bit to training camp. Do you think opening night for the Leafs? I think it's October thirteenth against Montreal. Um, that we right. see Nick Robertson on this team. Absolutely. Absolutely. You think so? Like without yep. certainty? Okay. I, I believe he's gonna be on there. Okay. I liked how he played two years ago against Columbus. And I, I can't imagine he's gotten worse. I and like, our depth's got but our depth's gotten worse. So I like that he mean. shot the puck against Columbus. I don't like that he was a ragdoll against Columbus. He just got shoved around, which is to be expected, yeah, two I guess. Two years two years ago. In year old in the playoffs. Yeah. 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 I mean He's only 19 right now, actually. So his birthday's September 11th. So, um, one yeah. years old. That's hey, he played when he was 18. He's gotten a bit old. He's gotten a bit. He's definitely gotten bigger, right? The, the like 18 to 20 years old, you're gonna get bigger. So I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see him play. Uh, one of these bargain bin guys is gonna be knocked off in place of him, I believe. Uh, it might be. Well, to say you know, like, like. Andre. Curtis Gabriel, yeah, or or Orcase, right? Like they, Orcase. Um, I may hope I'm saying that right, Andre Cassay. But yeah, like I, I think it was yeah, like because a lot of people, like like obviously his teammate, his teammates, like Nick Ritchie even said, like ah, like he's doing a lot better and stuff. But like like mm-hmm. I think a few of us have said, they're they're not going to say anything negative, right? Because no, yeah. So it's going to be interesting. I think the least likely bargain player to make the team would be Kasey just based on injury issues alone and he hasn't played much in the last two years of course it's not a grand prediction by any means it's just logical um but I think the other guys are going to make an impact I'm just I, I might just pay I, I might just pick Michael Bunting in my fantasy drafts I might I might be that confident I think I don't know I got a feeling I, well, I, I actually I got a keeper league this year so that's that's uh, my first time doing a keeper league oh really Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, maybe maybe we should do like a segment on our uh, do's and don'ts for NHL fantasy drafts. Yeah, yeah. First, Wait. don't don't draft Michael Bunting. <laughs> Camille, are you listening? Um, no. You know what? Everyone said that when I drafted Patrick Marlowe really high a couple of years ago. Yeah, he's a way better player than Michael Bunting. Yes, he's way more recognizable. Or not? Sorry, not uh, Patrick Marlowe. Joe Pavelski, and. Mm. Like he had not had a great year prior, and he just absolutely destroyed it. He led my my league in fantasy. I ended up winning that fantasy pool, which is amazing. And I took him super high. I just had a good feeling. I got really lucky. That was like years ago, though. Like this is like twenty fourteen or something. But uh, yeah, no, Michael Bunting. I think is a, a late pick, a late late pick, and he's gonna he's gonna kill it. He's gonna be on the first line with Matthews and Marner. He's gonna be getting these tips. He's gonna go to the net. It's gonna be beautiful. Either yeah. that, either that, or Nick is gonna be on the top line. And I'm gonna be wrong and disappointed i uh, no, no no i i could see bunting maybe get some time with them yeah well i hope so yeah 
It looks like he. F- it, anyways, I, I don't know why I'm so excited about a guy who, you know, he's got 20 goals. And playing whatever, yeah. But like, uh, <laughs> just got. I just got a feeling. I've got a feeling in my chest. Um, Point is, you're excited, and there's things to be excited about. Yeah, I didn't think I'd be excited again. Like, I, I still don't care about the regular season, but I'm still excited to watch games for the sake of watching games. Like, yeah, and that's watch something people develop. Yeah, exactly. That's something in June that I couldn't fathom. I was just like, I think I was watching the game with my with my mom, one of the playoff games, and I said, like, I'm not fucking watching this team again that you know i did all the classic leaf things like i'm sure many fans do i'm not watching this team oh you're just saying that you'll get over it no i'm not i started you know don't don't talk to me when that's happening but uh no i'm ready to go back i not not say i'm expecting anything different but i'm ready to see some casual play of the sport i love uh even if i'm not fully invested until the playoffs just really really pumped up to get going here it, it does it does make me sad that that that's the case with this team right like you can be excited, but you, in your heart, you know, it doesn't mean shit till the playoffs because this team could be top in the in the division. Doesn't matter. They might they're gonna lose in seven, <laughs> or win in seven. Thus, the Leafs in seven. You never know. Just saying, it's uh, it's gonna be in seven regardless. If because that's <laughs> I think I think if the Leafs win in seven, I think I think we should do like a thing where we do predictions to make the playoffs, and whoever says Leafs in seven and we get it right. There should be like some huge celebratory friggin' I don't know. I'll get a the, giant maple leaf tattoo across my chest. Do you think if they ever make the second round, it goes to seven games? Because no. every first round no. in no. the no. 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 You think it you think it if we win the first round, we have to win in seven. I, I think I think we need to do that to break the curse. Yeah. <laughs> to de- to defeat the wizards. Win in four. I just want the win. I'd be okay with that. I think if the Leafs win the first round, I think the second round they win less than seven games, no matter who the opponent is. That's just how mm-hmm. I feel about the team. I just feel if like they it's go just, to seven. It's like a mindset thing that they won't. It's just do mental. It. It's just mental. It's just mental. And... Even I, I watched them lose se- game six. I'm like, they're not winning the series. And then sure enough, as soon as they puck, as soon as puck drop on game seven, like they're not in it. And it's done. Like I, I think it's a mindset thing. You're right. I don't think people understand what a mental struggle is. When people are like, "Oh, they're paid athletes. They they make so much money, and they can't like." Let me give you like some just out of context like experience with this. Like I, when I played competitive video games for a couple of years, um, there was one point where whenever I would play a certain player, I would just give up before I even played them because I just I was like, "There's no point." can't beat them it always happens i always get so close always lose every single time at one point i thought my controller like someone had done something to my controller that's how mentally obsessed i was and mentally like in my own head i was and then once it happens once you break through it and you push through and you push through it just changes your outlook on everything and i think that's what goes on with this team i really really believe that it's just the players who've stuck around who've had to deal with disappointment and disappointment and disappointment it just builds and it's like but man, That's it's fr- not just this group though. Like we keep, we have like a revolving door of people, and they all seem to be affected by this curse. The course did the That's... same. The course did the same. Well, course did the same. Yeah, I'm not. Well, I'm I mean, not saying the course bad. I'm just saying the core mentality since 2016, for example, when obviously we did okay there with uh, Washington. I think we went to game six or something. But 
like that core group since being drafted in 2016 the zach zach hyman's longer there but there was like matthews marner nylander um riley's been there for a while like these guys have been there yeah there's been revolving players surrounding the core but But i'm I'm just saying those revolving players that are coming in also are other than jason spezza who is just you know yep who's just a godsend everyone loves jason spezza because i love him too yep um Everyone else, like you watch, you watch like game six and seven, and they just all looked like shinny players. They just look like ass being like 90% of the team. And it's like, I get where you're saying, like, oh, you have their mental state, you get you're playing someone certain and it affects you. But how does that happen to an entire team consistently? Like, it's almost like there's like like a hive mind thing. I don't know. I'm not sure. Well, it doesn't matter because people try to argue, like Camille said, like, oh, they get paid millions of dollars. They shouldn't worry about this. I'm like, they're, well, there's still people. Yeah, it's like humans. Stress out. There's still pressure on people. It doesn't matter how much you get paid or what you're doing. There's pressure. There's pressure. It gets to you. It can get to you. But yeah, it is kind of crazy. But, it's like a phenomenon with this team. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying. But to be fair, you give them the benefit of the doubt for a couple years. <laughs> but when it's disappointment after, and it's not just, oh, they lost. It's like massive disappointment after massive disappointment. It's like, okay, guys, you're getting paid $10 million. Like you have to show up once. Like we didn't ask for much. They, we were, well, we they, were, they, they did show up three times. Even four, I, would, yeah. I would argue they even showed up. They showed up like one I, period of one game. I think they showed almost up came, and I, almost one. I think they showed up four times, maybe five times. And then they just threw it all away. And it's in these pressure moments too, where like, I mean, I'm not a pro athlete, but it doesn't matter if it's athletics or like esports or anything. It's in those like crunch time moments, right? Where like that's where you're just, it's so cliche. I hate it, but it's just where like the defining moment. It's just, it's what, it's what the, all like, this so, crap is about. So, but the expectations aren't high. I mean, like, I mean, in they're, Toronto, they're always high. In Toronto, well, I mean, our expectation, we were top of the division. In at the in Vegas odds, we were like one of the top favorites, and all we were saying was, make it to the second round. Sure, just beat the team that came in what was Montreal, 18th or something like that, 16th or 18th. Just beat the 16th place team and go to the second round. Hey man, you 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 are you're you're up three nothing. Just win one more game, and they can't do that. So you know what? I'm I'm sorry. Like I give I. I was super negative at the beginning of this summer because I've given them the benefit of the doubt for so long. And I'm like, you know what? And I've said this already. I don't care what you say. Show me it. Like, I could, if I hear another sob story next year about, oh, shucks, like, we just couldn't pull it through. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, exactly what Camille said. Uh, the management, you're gone. Like, there's major moves on the team. Gone, 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 gone. Because this is, you can't do this every single year and expect all the fans to be like, okay. Hmm. we'll just accept we'll just accept this crap every single year like you, you do it for one or two years it's like it's meant it's a mental thing okay but if you're getting paid i i know i know we're talking about payment and mental thing it's it's not the same but if you are asking to be paid 11 million dollars mm-hmm. and you just get massive disappointment after massive disappointment are you really worth the 11 million dollars well yeah that's another argument right win it's to win right like you get you get like one or two like okay yeah you know what you're a human like you're not going to be on every single night i get it but you can't just keep like shitting the bed not it's not a they don't lose they shit the bed every time they can't just consistently do that that that's all i'm getting at and that that's what that's what's pissing off a lot of fans right sure um just make the second round 
But to be fair, though, I'm one of those people that, yes, just win one round. But really, though, once they win that round, I want more. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. But if they made it to the second, how much less flat? Like, Mitch Marner wouldn't be trending on Twitter every single day if they made it to the second round. I mean, it is the Leafs, so no matter how it ends, they're going to be riding them. But less, like... (laughs) <laughs> Can you the 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 shit storm from make from getting destroyed the first to losing in the second? A big difference. I don't know, man. Right? At least they made progress, but they didn't. They actually went back. Well, I don't know if they went back. I think they actually were, were better in the playoffs this year than they were against Columbus. To be honest, I'm going to be straight with you. I think I believe so. Like even I, though they cracked, we had I'll, our, we had our captain in, on that. We had our captain injured in the yeah. first game, and also a 40 goal scorer. Which is ridiculous. Um, that guy's there. We don't lose, in my opinion. I don't want to talk about it. But also, <laughs> um, you know, uh, Muzzin again injured. Like these untimely things. I think versus Columbus, I never ever felt like we were in it ever. Even though it went down to the game five, I, it didn't. Sure. It didn't feel like it. You know, like they had that one g- comeback game with like scored four goals or something, and they. Oh yeah, like I I was screaming on that game. Yeah, that was that was great. But like, it didn't feel like they were in it. You know, so. Um, I think against Montreal, yes, they should have won. Uh, you know, it's interesting because what pro- what problems I have is the Toronto media. I listen to Leafs Lunch, and you know, I've I think it's uh, I I don't want to say her name. I want to make sure it's not Kristen Schultzen. It's uh, anyways, whoever does the Leafs Lunch show, um, TSN ten fifty. Uh, I always listen to that. It's Annie Petrillo, and she always does the show. And she she used to always say to her guests on the air, she'd be like. Doesn't it really just feel different this year? Like, you feel like the Leafs aren't going to crumble. Like, if they're losing a game, they don't chase the game. They don't get away from the game. They come back. And it's true. They did do that all regular season. And even in the playoffs, to a degree, when they were down, like they were against Montreal several times, they came back. They came back. And they came back. And they didn't just, like, turtle. And, like, she's like... I I would agree. Game five, yes. Game six and seven, they weren't there. Yeah. Fine. Fair. Actually, seven. There, there's that. That was the worst game they've played in years. But my point is, is that the media in Toronto plays such a heavy influence on fans who are like me, listening in, who are just like, if they hear this day after day after day, you start to believe it. You know, you start to, oh yeah, you know, these people are saying this, and was like, and the media craze in Toronto is just insane. Like, and I know oh, the players yeah. feel it. I don't care how much money they make. I don't care what they say. I don't care if they're on. They turn off their phones for half the year. Absolutely, one hundred percent, they feel it. No other market has it. Maybe, maybe Montreal, but uh, it's just, it's just unbelievable the pressure that. Uh, and again, I know we still need results. I don't care, grow up, win a, win a series. But I'm just saying the factors that surround this team are just so unique. I think to any team in the NHL, like it's just unbelievable. Like not losing all these game sevens and the media attention. It's just, it's just crazy. I just. Um, I've gotten to the point. I I used to think the same way, but I've gotten to the point where it's just like stop being a baby. It's like yeah, okay, you know what, Toronto media, oh, win something. Yeah, like just freaking just win. Like if you don't, if you want to be a crybaby and complain about Toronto media for eight years, I don't want you here for eight years. Sure. Just, like w- why? If if it's like that, that shouldn't be your go-to. It's like oh cool, I'll make money, and then when I don't win, I can just blame the media. It's great. No. Sure. Sure. You, like I'm, I'm sick of hearing that every single year. Oh yeah. Yeah, I get, I get it. It's a hard, it's a hard market, but you wanted to play in the top, uh, top hockey league in the world. You wanted to make the top money in the in the league. You know, it was something. Fucking else. win! It was, like, something, it was something. Yeah. It was something else that Jeff O'Neill said a while ago too. He said, 
when he played for the Leafs, and he notices this now when he talks to like it, the younger players as well, is that uh, you know when when players come to Toronto, like all these kids who are from Ontario, like the OHL also produces the most NHL players I think out of any other league in the in the world. Um, he 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 always says you know that when when kids come and they're they're coming to Toronto, they always put on like this extra ten or fifteen percent. And as uh, when he was a leaf, it was hard to match that intensity. Like he's not saying like, it's just like, it always seemed to happen. So like I think of a McDavid goal on rally. I mean, McDavid's doing this on a regular basis to anyone anyways, but like, it's just these moments, you know, where you come to Ontario, you want to prove what you got. You're back in home. You're back. Like a lot of players are from Mark and Brandon, the GTA. And they, they just really, they really burn the Leafs. And I, it's just all these like little intricacies that like, you know what? At the end of the day, they're all excuses. You still have to do it. Get the job done. I'm looking at the division right now the Atlantic division. I still think the Leafs are in good position to finish in a top four spot in that division. I think Montreal's so let, let's name out the teams here. And I want you guys to think, tell me who you guys think are going to be in the top four. So obviously uh, you guys know the Atlantic, but Toronto, Florida, Boston, Tampa, Montreal, Ottawa, Detroit, Buffalo. I think the teams that are not making it, and this is going to sound odd, but Buffalo, Detroit, not making it. I don't think Montreal makes it either. I think Ottawa has a better no. shot of driving up the standings than Montreal does. What are your thoughts? No, I agree. Uh, Montreal's lost quite a bit this year uh, with injury and losing Kotkaniemi. Who did? Who did the guy? Who was the guy that they picked up right after they uh, lost Kotkaniemi? Um, it was. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. It was. It was Christian Dvorak. Ah, okay. Yeah, they got him. Uh, that's, I, for, that's, I, that's for the Philip Deneau loss. That's like he's like a shutdown yes. guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think they'll do better in the stand, in the in the actual league stands than they did last year. Okay. Um, but I mean, you get to beat up on Buffalo and Buffalo a bit, so that helps. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, like I, I I said earlier, the Leafs might not make the playoffs. I I don't think that now. Just looking at that, I think if they're if they they're going to be top four, but I think they'll be number four. I think they'll just squeak in. So we'll be playing because honestly. I don't think I don't see them beating beating Tampa, Boston, or Florida in the standings at all. It, I if they're in a, if if they're in an even tougher division, I don't see the Leafs making the playoffs. It's just that they have Montreal, Ottawa, and Buffalo underneath them. But, I, think, I think Ottawa's going to be decent, to be honest. But yeah, you know, I, I yeah. Mike, what are your thoughts? Do you think they're they're going to be in for sure? The Leafs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we we know like we just said, the top four teams in that division, I think, is a is a lock. Uh, Ottawa is improving. I, st- I don't think they're quite there yet, but they're getting clo- much closer. They've made some good moves and a lot of good young players there, but I, I don't see they're not making. I don't think they're making the move next year. And like I, you said with Montreal, I'm, I'm with you on there. I don't. I don't see them. It was a fluke season. They lost. They were a good team, a good enough team. Obviously, they made it to the cup, but it, come on, it was good things fell their way. Yeah, and they lost some pieces. So they, I think they got. They like the Leafs. They they lost some pieces. They didn't get much better. So, yeah. Um, what, yeah. How ahead. would you guys react if come next uh, April or March or April, Leafs are in like out of the playoff spot and Ottawa's t- overtaking them? This podcast. This, this podcast dissolves into nothing. I permanently get another NHL team tattooed on my body that's had success, so I have to look at it every day in shame. That's what happens, okay. I'm just, I'm, I'm just awaiting. I'm, I'm just dreading the day 
it's going to be like March 12th. And then I'm listening, I'll be listening to sports and it's like the Leafs have mathematically been disqualified from the playoffs. Nah, no, nah, I don't, I wouldn't worry about that. I, I think it's, it's uh, too premature in my opinion. They're going to, I it. doubt it's going to happen, but I'm like, Oh God, it could happen. Um, what's one, <laughs> what's one thing you guys want to stay from last season with the Leafs team and one thing you want to go? Just curious. I've got mine. Can the power play like go away? So yeah, you want the power? Okay, well, what do you want to stay? It, I, I well, okay, well, for the power play, I would, I would rather just take like a counter, so that if we get a penalty, I can take away that penalty rather than go on our power play because our power play is that friggin' atrocious. Okay, <laughs> what would you what would you keep though? Sorry, what would I keep? Mm-hmm. Um, I I love Jack Campbell. Um, like his performance, that's just, right? That's, his performance. Yeah, that's that's just a player though. Um. That's fine. Like his performance, like just say solid goaltending, right? That's kind of like where so, I I think it was solid goaltending. I loved having him in net. Like he went on that fourteen game winning streak. He was phenomenal. He was exactly what we needed. Yeah. Um. And then and then him alongside Jason Spezza. Like I said, I I, I love Jason Spezza. I uh, love him. Yeah. So for me, a stay would be the defensive structure. Um. Even though it didn't get it done in the playoffs, it was much better throughout the entire year. They played. I think TJ Brody really helped with that addition. Um, just calming things down. Doesn't put up points. Doesn't do anything like that. But he just makes makes things not nearly as dangerous um, when it's in their own end. And I I felt I never felt over. I never felt like nervous with the with the defense when they were on the ice. I thought it was the best defense that we've had in years. Um, Absolutely. So I think that that has to stay for me the defensive structure. And then go would be. Uh, I think the go for me would be, yeah, it's it's tough to rule out something other than the power play because our season was so dominant, right? I would say, I think the go would be cracking uh, so blatantly under pressure, just like in the playoffs, like as we mentioned, like um, like not just Mitch but other players as well, just really looking lost out there. I think that th- uh, the composure needs to go, like go. They, we need to regain that. Um, we need to work on it somehow. I don't know. More team bonding. I'm not sure if fans in the stands will help. I don't know. But they need to figure out something to get that composure um, under lock. So the composure from last playoffs can go. Mike, what do you got? Yeah, I agree with you. My thing to say is a D. Uh, I like our depth at D. Yeah. People can make comments about, oh, Morgan Riley and this. And like, he's fine for his role. And yeah. we, like you said, Brody depth is great. Muzzin, when he's healthy, is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Even depth guys like Dermot, like is not terrible, and I'm excited to see what Rasmus Sandin can do if, yeah. he, if he can make the next step. But I think we we like we lost Bogosian, but I, th- I still think we're not bad. So I, I like that. But the thing that for me that has to go is just our inability to adapt from the, whether it's the coaches or the mm. playing things. They need to adjust when they need to adjust. That's you a can't very good keep point. Trying what's not working. Do something different if you have to. Like. Yeah. Come on. No, you're absolutely right. I think a lot of people felt the same uh, in terms of a fan perspective, felt the same way in the playoffs when uh, a couple of years ago, obviously with the Babcock situation. And then if we go back to Keith, this playoffs, it was the same thing, right? The same lines, no breakup, like nothing changed really. Um, I, I think there was actually uh, someone who like did a counter of all the times uh, Keith changed the lines in that last game when things weren't going so well to try to mix up something and, it was very um, minimal, right? So 
Um, I, I completely agree. That's a good one. That's a good one for sure. Even Brandon's point of the power play, like that can also be fixed by adjusting, yeah. adapting, yeah. doing something different because they kept trying the same things that didn't work. But for some reason, they refused to shake why it don't up. You, why don't you put Nylander on the top PP and put Marner on the second PP? Yeah, try something Why don't you... Tavares on the top PP? Like, like, it's just the same thing, and they just... all they, they just... I I have never actually played hockey on the ice other than, like, skating on it and shooting it into a net with some buddies. Never played a game on the ice or anything like that. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, okay, this is how they're going to enter the zone. Puck's going to go here. Puck's going to go there. If I can, if just a, a guy who watches hockey can tell exactly what they're doing, professionals that can watch the video know exactly what they're doing. And it never changes. And that's why their power play always starts the season amazing and then quickly tanks and then never gets better. Right. It's happened, it, it happens. It's happened like last, what, three years? And the problem is now, like, like the, so the person in charge and responsible for the power play was a penalty kill specialist, which is Manny Maholtra, and he's back again in that same role. Uh, yeah. um, but again, coaches, head coach can step in. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. I'm just saying that the power play coach is literally designed for that purpose. Um, and it's just hopefully that can get hopefully that can, I would rather a less percentage power play than the Leafs had, but more consistent than it going completely absolutely dry for the the latter half of the season, and then also that caused a huge problem in the playoffs because we could not do anything on it. Um, if if the power play is just as bad as it was last year, say by Christmas, do yeah. they make a, a a coaching change for that power play coach? As a fan, I want to say yes. As an organization, like if you have that much skill and you are that atrocious on the power play, there is something desperately wrong with the, how that thing is organized. Yeah. But they won't change if they're winning games. So yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah. But if they're winning games, but their power play is like is in like the bottom, is in like 24, 26 out of thirty two, I'd be like, okay, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Like. Matthew should have more than two goals on the power play right. by January. <laughs> um, so I just had a quick question. This is really not so much. It's still about the Leafs, but what's the capacity like at Scotiabank for with COVID? Like, do you guys know if it's like thirty percent, fifty percent? I've got no idea. Yeah, I, sure I, I do know that we have, have the whole passport thing going. It's I mean, like it could change before season comes too. So. Who knows? Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, that's jeez. Uh, um, yeah, so development. We obviously, got the development camp roster, um, and then our actual training camp starts September twenty fifth, I believe. So, super excited, guys! Um, is there anything you guys want to bring up before we kind of uh, end the show here for anyone listening in? Uh, I, I'm I'm just so excited to get the. Uh, to get to get this the just let's get going let's let's get it going let's see what these guys got i'm excited to watch the preseason game see see these uh these young guys get playing yeah i want to see what they look like yeah no me too i'm just reading over the uh well here you go you guys were talking about pk suban earlier in sports illustrated and we're talking about how how a leaf deal would work, right? And it's very similar to something I just said in my head without even really realizing it. Devils would have to retain fifty percent salary, okay, and then Alex Kerfoot can go. 
Simple mm-hmm. as that. He's got term left. He's at an affordable price for any other team that's not overpaying forwards. It's easy as simple I mean, as that. I'm just saying it's it's doable, right? I think they'd probably have to throw in some picks or something too, I imagine. For a 50% Pickers salary uh, retain, yes. At the same time, it's only for the season. Yeah, it's a one it, year, but... It depends on how New Jersey... like this. The, the, they could revisit this, right? If New Jersey is absolutely tanking this, mm-hmm. hypothetically, I think that deal becomes... You know, he's going somewhere, I think, by the end of the year. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Brandon, do you have anything to say? I was just going to mention uh, another thing that PK is like, do you, there's all these, you, you guys want to make it work. Well, maybe not you guys, but like people are saying how to make it work. Again, I don't, I don't want him on the team. Like, his, he's not making, he's not doing enough defensively. I mean, like last, his last uh, three years. For instance, um, let me just write these off really quick. Sure. Uh, last three years, uh, 18, 19, 63 games played, uh, 31 points uh, plus five. That, that's okay. Um, well, what are you what are you looking year, what are you what are you looking for though? I'm, I I want to see what he's like defensively and like his points wise. If he's making nine million dollars and say we get him for five, right? What do you expect for a five million dollar defenseman? I mean because. The last uh, 2019, 2020, he was a minus 21 with 18 points. And then last year, he had 19 points. It was a minus 16. How are the New Jersey Devils in that time? Not great. Yeah. But still, that's a, mi- like, a minus 21. That's not, that's really bad for it. Is that not the year that New Jersey finished last place? Just saying, like, yeah, like you can look at these stats all you want. I would much rather have PK Subban for the remaining part of a year at four point five for the one year than not have him. I don't really. I'll be honest with you. I don't really care for Crawford that much. Just putting it yeah, out there. Yeah, but I... go ahead. Who would you take off? Who would you take off the defense for uh, Subban though? Uh, some... you're paying four and a half million dollars for Subban. Who would you? Who would you take off? Someone on the bottom pair. Um, so obviously we have. I, I would say probably Dermot. I'd have Sandine with him. Yeah, Dermot is the extra guy, or yeah, probably you probably just trade Dermot at that point. Then what's the point of having a one point five no. million dollar sitting? Definitely not. Well, based that, on our injury history, injury history <laughs> every single year, uh, Muzzin gets injured every playoffs, first couple of games, every single time. So unfortunate man. Isn't Subban injury prone too? I don't know, but I, I just don't. I don't see it for that money, man. You need you need depth. You need depth on D, even if it's for the for the year. I think they would do it. I I, I think they'd entertain it. If they do fifty percent retained, okay. But like man, like if if like that, definitely not nine. Definitely oh, no. not nine. No, no, God, uh, no, jeez, God, no, God, no. Uh, it would have to be fifty percent or forty five percent retained. Like anything over five, it would be an absolute no. No, absolutely. Um. So just for our listeners out there, like I said, we do have an intro ready. It just needs to be kind of edited with our logo to just give the smooth experience. Um, hope you guys like the overlay. Um, it's got all our social media handles on there. We're going to be posting social media content and actually following other podcasters, people who love the Leafs. As the season ramps up right now, it's just kind of the uh, – the, it's still the off season, right, until training camp starts. We're just ramping up here. Um, so if anyone watches these videos, we will make them – better we're going to get better and it's going to get even flashier so uh do you guys have any final words 
No, mm-hmm. I, I, I did go to a, an interview today and got made up by the interviewee because I was a Leafs fan. Yeah, actually, speaking, you know what? Speaking of which, uh, I turned on my Zoom today. I was in a big group meeting. Um, There's like 70-something people in there. And the one guy said, you know, Camille, it looks like you got a radio set up there. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've got a, I've got a Leafs. Uh, I do a, a Maple Leaf podcast. And he wasn't really a Maple Leaf fan, so it didn't really ring true to him. But uh, the, a girl, you know, she she had spoken. She's like, what's the name of the, uh, what's the, name of the podcast? Like, I'll, I'll follow it. I just said, oh, it's and, and like sometimes I have mixed reactions when I say the name of our podcast. Other people like some people are like, huh? Other people are like, ah, but she just absolutely burst out dying laughing when I said least in seven. She's like, that is so good. She's like, that is actually so funny. Like, awesome. So I was like, all right, I like it. Um, and it was it was pretty genuine. So I, I that's pretty good. Yeah, I was I was pretty happy with it. But uh, yeah, so intro coming um, logo with the intro coming and we need an exit screen. That's going to be all be coming up for the start of the season. Uh Please follow us on Twitter. We will follow you back. That's something we're going to start doing. When people start listening, we're going to follow every single person back. That is a promise. If you're a Leaf fan or a hockey fan, we will follow you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, guys, until next time, next week. Go long. Signing off. In seven. Leafs. In seven. <laughs>